Hello, you're listening to the Secret Keepers Club podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Keepers Club. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy to have you here. My name is Carly Aquilino. I am your host. I am the baddest bitch you ever did see in your gosh darn life. And thank you guys for tuning in. I know we're coming to you on a Tuesday instead of a Monday this week. I was having a couple technical difficulties when I was trying to record this on Sunday. So I think everything seems to be sorted out right now, which is good. And I hope you guys had a great holiday weekend. What a week we had this past week. A lot of stuff going on in the news. We're going to get into it. Some celebrity stuff that we want to talk about. Um, first and foremost, I would like to say, How did the ocean set on fire? And what are we doing here? Okay, because I saw that video and I said, oh, this is from a new freaking movie that's coming out. That's CGI. And I said, wow, that's a pretty good CGI job that somebody did. And then I said, no, that's in the Gulf of Mexico. So here's my thing. I don't understand how water sets on fire because it's water. So, uh, so you're telling me the water set on fire and then how do we put it out? What do we do to put that out? We just put more water on top of it. It seems crazy to me. And I read all the things and they're like trying to make it. They didn't, you know what? I I think this is a little shady. They're not saying exactly what happened here and how this could have possibly happened, but they were like, yeah, there was a gas leak under underwater. And then it's, it's set on fire. And it's like, okay, first of all, how second of all, what's going on in that water now? What's going on with that water now? Can we still swim in the Gulf of Mexico if we want? Or are we going to turn into radioactive freaking super or superheroes or something? I mean, what is that? We're just going to be swimming in gasoline? This is it. This is it. This is what people do. I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe we shouldn't be, you know, transporting fossil fuels on the ocean floor because these things happen. Um, but yeah, that was probably just about the, the scariest thing. When I first saw it, somebody had just posted a video of it with no, like, with no description. And I'm like, holy shit. I thought it was like something was happening with the earth. I didn't realize that it was a pipeline. And if that was happening with the earth, that would really, really be the beginning of the end, you guys. I mean, I don't know if you know much about all the natural disasters that happen that, that have caused all the mass extinctions. But anywho, aliens are real. We had a crazy week. Aliens are real. UFOs are real. The, you know, we, we got to start getting down to the bottom of it because I've read all these UFO reports and they're saying, yeah, there's stuff out there. There was a lot of reports from the Navy. I have it right in front of me. It said since 2004, there have been... I think it said 100, uh, 144 incidents reported by the government, most of them from the Navy. Since 2004, hey, that wasn't really that long ago. So these, these people, you know, these aliens are out here. But I want to know what, what else do you guys know? Okay, so you're just telling us they're around? Like, are they walking around? Can they walk? Do you have one? I would like to know the answers. All these UFO reports are starting to piss me off, you guys. Because they're like, no, aliens are real. We're not going to show them to you, though. It's like, yeah, no, I have a boyfriend. He just goes to another school. He, he's real. What's his name? Jeff. Okay, what does he do? I'm not telling you. What does he look like? I'm not fucking telling you. It's like, is this, a, you know? 
What else in celebrity news? Bill Cosby got released from jail, which is always good when when they just say to a, a rapist, uh, you can go, you're set free. And then at the same time, Britney Spears doesn't have agency over her own uterus. I'm on a roll. Did anybody notice how ironic, how, how just perfect timing, Britney Spears' sister and Britney Spears' mother both did press things this week, this past week, saying, oh, no, we just love Britney and we just want what's best for her. And, uh, you know, this has been hard on all of us. Eh, that's how I feel. Because to me, listen, Jamie Lynn Spears went on her little her little Instagram, which was cute. Last week, she tried to do that. She tried it. But instead of making it about Britney, she made it all about her and about how people were bullying her. And Stanley is now stepping on a water bottle. Okay, babe. Okay, you little fluffy boy. So she made this video saying, um, you know, she was getting backlash and she never wanted to say anything because, you know, Brittany couldn't say anything and blah, blah. I'm like, no, you could have actually spoken for her. But here's the stipulation there. You would have gotten cut off from her money that you don't deserve in the first place. And this girl had the absolute balls, the testicles, okay, to say I've been working since I was 10 years old and like roll her eyes. I wanted to be like, let's rephrase that. Let's revisit that what you just said, because you haven't been working since you were 10 years old, you worked when you were 10 years old. Okay. And since then, we've just been cashing, you know, checks from Britney's Vegas residency within the family. And then her mom's, you know, the conservatorship has been really hard on me. Mm, you could have done more. You could have done more. This poor thing. It's so crazy. Bill Cosby's out free. And, and Britney Spears can't go for a ride in her car. And that just shows a lot. That just shows a lot. Because, I mean, Bill Cosby, here's the thing with Bill Cosby, him getting out free, it just shows people who are victims that, you know, it, it discourages them for coming out. It, it, it discourages them from, from coming out and telling their story. So that's what sucks. It shows them that, you know, it, it's just setting a bad example. And that's not really fair. And then with, with poor little Brittany, it just shows how we treat people with mental illness. It's not nice. It's really not nice. Part of me thinks like, I wonder, I wonder if Brittany ever thinks of this. Like if she was never famous, do you think she would be happier? Cause I think she would. I think she would have more real relationships. I think people would genuinely, she would know who genuinely cares about her, who genuinely loves her. God, you guys, I could talk about Brittany Spears all gosh darn day and don't dare me to, cause I will. Okay, so that's pretty much it. Oh, wait, no, I wanted to also talk about the way that Angelina Jolie is dating The Weeknd. Okay, and, and we're, we're going to already crown them as the most odd pairing in 2021, and they may last throughout the year. But right now, they are the king and the queen, if they are actually dating, because they've been just seen out together. You know how it is. You know how it is. They see people out together, and they say, these people are in love. But to me, it seemed, why are you guys like, what's going on here? Um, how did you meet? Like, I have so many questions for them. They're cute together. I mean, anybody that Angelina's with is going to be a cutie. And I love The weekend. I've always loved The weekend, but it's just such a strange pairing. Um, doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, that's probably how people will feel when I start to date Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie's ex-husband. Then she becomes my arch nemesis because she's going to say, did you see this new bitch that Brad has been out with? And it's me. 
Okay. And we're just manifesting that. So everybody lock that in your noggin. I, um, this is, I feel like I'm, oh, I feel like I, every few episodes I talk about my underwear. Um, so it seems to be about that time. You guys, I'm okay. Let me explain something. I'm going to Fire Island and I'm going to an underwear party. And, and you may be saying, what's an underwear party? An underwear party is when you just wear your underwear to a party. Um, you can wear other clothes there, but when you arrive, you have to check your clothes at the door and you only wear your underwear. And is it going to be the most fun time ever? Yes. But now I'm under so much pressure because I've been, I've been saying, oh, what underwear am I going to wear? And when I tell you, it looks like a raccoon has entered my underwear draw and just absolutely mangled most of my underwear because I have such, I have underwear from Charlotte Russe from when I was in about ninth grade that I wear and I love. Okay. I mean, what will it take for me to get rid of it? I don't know, but I have, you know, just pretty questionable things. And I'm saying I got to get a new pair of underwear. And as much as I, you know, you know how I feel about the Kardashians, I kind of want to get a pair of skims, which is Kim Kardashian's underwear line because they're full coverage on the booty. And they, she makes boxer shorts too, which I love. I love weight. Like I love boxer shorts. I love a full coverage situation. And you may be saying, well, girl, that's a little pricey, right? Because one pair of underwear from skims is $28. And that is $27 more than I've ever spent on a pair of underwear. Okay. That's a lot. For something, I better never get my period again if I wear those. Because your girl, I mean, I'm not even going to get into that. But it's like, girl, why not just buy a cheap pair? And the reason why, and I really have been thinking about this, and I've really just been racking my brain about it, it's because I know th that so many gay men are going to see my underwear set. And it's not that men haven't seen my underwear before, but straight men, it's different. Like gay men will actually look at it and appreciate it and see if they like it or not. Whereas if a straight man sees your underwear, they don't care. They only care about what's under it, right? I could pull my pants down and just have a Doritos bag down there. And, and a straight guy is like, oh, that's nice. Is that new? <laughs> oh, is that new? And then I could take my shirt off and my bra is a Subway sandwich wrapper. And he's like, I like your bra because they don't care. So it's a lot of pressure. And that's really, that's really why, you know, that's why I'm going to buy the pair, the pair of um, skims, I think. And it's going to be cute. It's going to be cute. I just need to, you know, set a good example here. But let me know, let me know what type of underwear you guys are. I'm not going to go there wearing a thong. I'm not like, you know, I'm not a crazy person, but um, let me know what comfy, good undies. But to me, I don't know, $28 seems like a lot, Kim. And also, if you guys wear those, tell me if they're comfy and if they're worth it. Like I said, those are my special occasion, you know, boxer briefs. Those are my special occasion boxer briefs. I'll wear those at my wedding. So that's that you guys, that's the, that's the quick recap. Could I, I wanted to get into, into everything. And I'm like, you know what? They already know. You guys already know that the damn ocean was on fire and that Bill Cosby is a free man. Oh, I also wanted to talk to you about the Olympics. This girl should carry um, Richardson. Jesus, this poor thing. I kept thinking about her for days after I heard the story, because this is such a weird 
thing because this girl, okay. If you don't know this girl that was on the U S team, um, for the Olympics has gotten disqualified because she got, she tested positive for marijuana. Okay. As if that's a performance enhancing drug, you know what I'm saying? And this girl has been just killing it on the track. She's amazing. She's honestly one of the best athletes we have in this country. And she was going to the Olympics. She found out her mother passed away. She smoked some weed in Oregon where it's legal to buy and in Oregon where it's legal to smoke it. So she didn't break any laws there. She just broke whatever Olympics rules there are. Um, And that's it. They disqualified her. And it's so heartbreaking to me because first of all, it's unimaginable what these people do on a regular basis. What athlete Olympians like do on a regular basis is more than I do in 10 years. And I'm not exaggerating literally 10 years. Okay. And that's like what they do before 11 AM probably. So I can't imagine how hard she's been working. She's incredibly, I mean, just so, so talented. And this was taken from her. And you know, it's just one of these things where it's like, you know, somebody is going through such a rough time in their life. Like she just lost her biological mother. She had this, uh, I mean, she had the Olympics taken away from her. And I know there's people who are like, oh, well, she shouldn't have smoked then. You know, (sighs) marijuana has been proven to, I mean, you can get it prescribed to you. It's been proven to relieve stress and anxiety and all of these things. So it's like, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell someone they can't do that. I understand that that's the rules, but I could see why she would do it. Um, And I know they're not going to make an exception for, for her, but maybe in the future, maybe they can, you know, edit the rules in some way where it's like only performance enhancing drugs, enhancing drugs. Don't know why I said it like that. Um are illegal in the Olympics because it's just kind of like, really, you, what, what benefits is she, if anything, I'm more impressed with her that she smoked weed and then ran and won this Olympic, like, and then she was like, I'm going to Tokyo after she smoked weed. Huh? You know, these people really are just, they're just built different, man. I mean, I get tired after I eat lunch. I need to take a nap after I eat lunch and this girl's running, she's running everywhere. But I think what's going to happen is, uh, I think the next round, next go around in the Olympics, she'll definitely be in. And I think she'll take home a gold or something, but this poor thing, she's going through a lot right now. That sucks, man. That sucks. It's not like she was doing steroids or whatever, you know, but that's it. That was, that was, that was a crazy week to me. I think, um, All right. So we're going to get into these emails here. You guys send in emails to secretkeepersclub at gmail.com. Also, if you guys want to join the Patreon, I encourage you to do so. We have some stuff going on um, over there. We do a Patreon episode of the week with Secret Keepers Club. And yeah, you can send them in. Let's get into it. Okay. This one says open relationship tea. Oh my God. Hi, Carly started listening to the podcast during the panty and I just love your dope soul. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I've noticed a lot of you started listening during the panty and I appreciate that. 
Uh, laughing with you weekly is a new must for me. So I thought I would spill my juicy tea and get some insight on how to handle this. Um, some new lady feelings that I've never experienced before. My husband and I have been together for over 13 years. We got together in our early twenties and have had a solid relationship through all of the ebbs and flows that couples go through about eight years ago. After a lot of deep talks, we started to go down the path of having an open relationship. We meet other people, singles and couples always together like a team. And we all have some fun and we see where things go. We found a lot of new friendships along the way with this lifestyle. And it's been a lot of fun for us. Let me just note that we both have always been sexual people, but it doesn't work without being 100% open and honest with each other. Constant communication and reassurance, but it's enjoyable. Um, it's our fun little game and we search for each other's wingman. We have rules and boundaries that we don't cross, but all in all, it's a big relationship booster as over time, being with the same person can feel like a routine and get stagnant. For us, it avoids the inevitable cheating that a lot of, if not most couples tend to go through. It doesn't work for some, but it works for us. So we roll with it and enjoy it and toss the jealousy out the window. <clears throat> but recently something shifted. Uh-oh. Ooh, it's getting juicy. Recently, something shifted. We have a friend, we'll call him Jay, who we have known for several years as we belong to the same gym and see each other and we talk on a weekly basis. We've never hung out outside of that. Recently, we all got together and had a threesome and it was the most incredible experience I've ever had in my life. And I've had more than my fair share. I also had a one-on-one -on -one hookup with him and it was absolutely mind-blowing. The thing is, is that this has me a little sprung Oh, has, has me a little sprung over. This is the fact that Jay and I seem to share a deep sexual connection that I've never felt so instantly and naturally with another human being. Sex is always great, but to connect with someone euphorically is pretty rare to me, at least my husband and I share that as well, but we are very much in love. So I always thought that was the reason why Jay says he's never felt this either. Not even close. He's also 13 years younger than me. Crazy, right? My husband is aware and understands that this is the part of the fire that we play with. And we agreed no more one-on-one -on -one, as that's a slippery slope. We do everything together or not at all. We're all friends, so there's nothing but good intentions all around, but hopefully more fun times in my future if I can contain these new feelings I have for Jay. I'm not sure what this I'm not sure what is happening to me. Is this the sex drive peak that I'm experiencing? I'm currently have it's currently heavy on my mind. When I think about it, I can feel it down in my bones. My husband is my ride or die, and I love him with every part of me, but is it possible to share something so natural and instant with another person sexually like this when you are happily married to your soulmate? Are two soulmates a thing? LOL. Kidding. But really, I would love outside advice from a woman's perspective. I really, I can't really. Oh, okay. 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 So here's the thing. Like, like your husband said, this is the game that you're playing where you're opening yourself up to, it's so easy to say, oh no, this is just for sex, right? And I'm trying to compare it to something that's common, like when you meet someone and you're like, oh, we're just going to do a friends with benefits thing. We're just going to hook up and it's not ever going to be anything serious. And then what happens, girl? And then what happens? Next thing you know, you're writing down your first name and his last name in your little notebook, right? That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And, and when we tell ourselves we can have something, it usually makes us want it more. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. Because I would imagine that having an open relationship and sleeping with other people and having these connections with other people um, would open that door to, yeah, it's a possibility. I think that it's, it's very much a possibility to, if you're in love with someone and you have sex with somebody else um, and you've, you have this connection, 
I think it's very possible. I think that's why people don't do it, honestly, because people would just be leaving their husbands and wives left and right if it was just, you know, more common. But I don't think that when you love someone, that's the only person in the world that you have a connection with. I think that it's just, you're like, okay, you're my person. We match on all these different levels. This makes sense, you know, in every way. And I love you. And I'm going to, I'm not going to be interested in other people, right? That's a more conventional old school way of doing it. I understand that relationships have, you know, have grown and kind of evolved since then. Um, so no, I don't think it's weird that you have feelings for this guy. And also sleeping with somebody can make those feeling, it just exacerbates those feelings. So maybe like your husband said, you guys came to a compromise, no more one-on-ones. I think that's a good idea. And I'm totally on board with what he's saying um, because it doesn't seem like he was hurt by this. I think he was, you know, these things are going to happen. And I think this is very, very common in, in open relationships or open marriages. Um, but I just want to say, I think it's really cool that you were so honest with your husband about it. I know you have nothing to hide and he knew you were doing this anyway, but to me, emotional, you know, emotional, um, not cheating. I don't know why I was saying that. Cause it's not, but emotional connections are almost stronger than, you know, Oh, I had really great sex with this person. I think that it, you know, it takes a lot of balls to, to be honest about that. So I think for right now, you know, follow, follow what your husband is suggesting and just see this guy when he's there or girl, I probably wouldn't even see him at all. I would be like, I care about you too much. And like, this is going to be messy. And the reason why I'm saying that is not because, oh, I might leave my husband for you. I think it's because I don't want you like you who's writing in and writing this email. I don't want you to go through a heartbreak. Cause I kind of see that on the horizon. If we keep hooking up with Jay, I don't want you to be like, Oh, I, I love him. And then you're just, you know, you're heartbroken. This is a tough one. We've never gotten a question like that. And I love the tea. So thank you for spilling that. Um, let's get into this next one. This one says pod question. Hey, Carly, pretty new fan here. Just started listening in 2021, actually. Oh, so very recent. Okay. I uh, still know I need to pay my respects to Stanley and Robert. Of course, those are the kings. Those are the kings of the castle. Anywho, my girlfriend and I have been together for over three years. We live together. We love each other. We talk about getting married and having kids, all of that. But sometimes certain situations make my insecurities take over. Last week, she went out with her female friend and quote unquote, and our quote unquote, um, AKA their two male friends who happened to be single and they all stayed out until 2 AM. I feel disrespected. And I told her how I felt and it led to a huge argument we made up, but it didn't really come to a conclusion about it. She's seven years younger than me. So I get that she wants to go out to the bar sometimes, but am I bugging for being upset about how late it was? Yes. 2 AM is late for me. LOL. She invited me out. So it's not like she's hiding anything. I'm so over the bar scene. So I don't really want to go out, but I guess it would help us not fight. Our relationship is pretty great. Besides the age difference comes into play in situations like this. What are your thoughts? Sorry, this was long, but it certainly isn't as juicy as the other ones you read. Thanks. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Um, okay. Here's the thing. She's, you gotta, she's going to go out with her friends. You got to let her go out with her friends. And, and I don't mean let her like you, you're allowing her, but 
you know, being a grown woman, I don't know, you know, I don't know how old she is, but I'm sure she's a grown woman. Being a grown woman and having a man say to you, like, you can't stay out this late. It's very, uh, there would be nothing that would um, piss me off more. And I'm not saying that to be nasty to you. I get what you're saying too, where it's like, where it's like, well, what the fuck, where were you? Because I've dated guys where they'll come home at like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, where were you? Because they would go out and not call me and not let me know where they were, where they were or who they were with, or I wouldn't even know that they were going out in the first place. Um, so that type of stuff, like the, the no communication is really what makes it like scary to me. So I think that if you have a dialogue with her where it's like, Hey, just keep me posted on where you're at. Um, you know, let me know where you are what, before you leave the bar. Let me know that you're leaving. So I know that you get home. Okay. If she was communicating with you, I think that that's great. And that would be all I would ask for from her because you can't tell people who they could be friends with or, or how late they could stay out. She's going to end up resenting you for that. Um, because I've been, I've been in her shoes too, where it's like, you're not my dad, you know? Um, but I think that there have been times in relationships that I've been kind of, um, you know, uh, inconsiderate of my partner and like gone out for, and not, you know, kept them posted on when I was coming home or if I was okay. Cause that's really what it is. Like, I just don't want to, I don't want somebody worrying about me. I don't want to worry about somebody else. I think that, um, yeah, set up your boundaries. It's also like, you know, there's something to be said about like, you didn't want to go. And I get that you don't like the bar scene. And I get it because I kind of feel the same way too. It feels very young when I go out. It feels very young when I go out. Um, I feel like very, like, I feel startled because there's people there that I'm like, you were born in 2005 and you look like you were born in 2005. So that's pretty crazy to me. Um, but yeah, it's the new wave coming in. Can't help it. That's life, right? Um, I think that if you want to go out, then, th you know, you should go out with her or you just have to set up boundaries where it's like, call, make sure you call me, make sure you keep in touch with me. I want to know where you're at because I care about you and I just want to make sure you're okay. You know, I see, I see this from both point of views. I just think that you just, as long as you have an open line of communication there, this is all good. And, and don't let something like this kind of fester and ruin your relationship. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know, these little things happen and um, it ends up being like the major thing that ends a really great relationship. And it doesn't need to be that way. You trust her, right? If you, if you don't trust her, you shouldn't be with her. All right, next one. Okay. Have to see my ex and his new girlfriend soon. Ugh. Hey, Carly, first of all, love the podcast. You keep me constantly laughing while also giving great advice. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Long story short, my ex and I broke up right before COVID. It wasn't the best breakup. We dated for two years and I moved into his state for him, but he broke up with me because I quote unquote deserved better. Ooh, that's always the worst reason. 
I think he just didn't know how to grow up and commit um, to a life with somebody. Anyway, I became really close with his friends while we dated and my ex and I are actually going to be in their wedding, LOL. I'm a bridesmaid and he's a groomsman. They're having a Jack and Jill bridal shower soon where he invited, where he's invited to. So I'm going to have to be around him and his new girlfriend. They've been dating for about nine months. Hold on, hold on. Let me crunch some numbers here. So this man, okay. This man and you broke up right before COVID, which was over a year ago. It was about almost a year and a half ago, right? And he said, no, you deserve better. I'm out. And then he started dating another girl nine months ago. Seems weird. And what? She doesn't deserve better? What's up with her? I crunched some numbers and, and things don't add up. I wanted to see if you have any advice on how to be around them. I don't want to get back with him at all, but it's going to suck seeing him with somebody else. Yeah, that does suck. Um, do I say hi? Should I be bad and flirt with his friends? Lay low? I don't know. Help. Okay, girl, I'm a pro at this. So you've come to the right place. It's going to be okay seeing him with somebody else. I know that it sucks. And especially if it's the first time you've seen him with somebody else, it's like, oh, right? But here's what you're going to do. You are not going to flirt with his friends on purpose to try and get him mad or try and make him look or anything like that. You're not going to be rude and not say hi. You're going to go there. You're going to say hi. You're going to hug his girlfriend when you meet her. Hey, I've heard so much about you. My name is X, Y, and Z. And you go about your night graciously and with your head held up high. Do you want to know why? Because you are the baddest bitch at the damn wedding. Okay. And the bride better move over at that point because we have a new princess in town, okay? And that's the mindset I need you having. Because if you go and you're rude or you give a dirty look or you're staring at her or you're flirting with his friends, it makes you look a certain type of way. And we don't look that way because we don't care. We're done, we've moved on, okay? So I think that you just, girl, I'm telling you, just be so nice to this girl. Don't give her any reason to think that you're treating her weird or you're making funny looks at her or whatever. Just go hold your head up high. You're a bad bitch. You know it. We all know it. Okay. And he knows it. And that way is the most, not only most classy and gracious to be, but it also, um, it's, it's the best way to look fr from his perspective. Um, because he's like, wow, she really is out here being a free spirit. And we love that for her. And that's what he's going to say in his head. You know, you just gotta, th these things happen. I, you know, I've dated people that I have mutual friends with, and then you got to see them and it's probably, it's, Hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Okay, cool, cool, cool. How's your mom? Oh, your mom's good. Cause you know, his mom misses my ass. Cause I know your mom misses my ad your mom's good okay how's your dad oh your dad's good i know your dad misses me too right so that's all you just got to be nice you got to be nice and you'll probably end up you know she'll be like wow she's really nice because think of it from her point that's pretty intimidating from her point of view you just go and be like hi oh my god i've heard such great things about you my name's carly so nice to meet you you're so beautiful look at you what because she's going into it wanting to hate you and you're telling her that she's beautiful. Hey, now feelings of confusion are arising in my brain. And that's how what she's going to say. Okay, if you can't tell that I've been in this situation a million times, 
And if you can't tell that I've made friends with so many of my ex's new girlfriends, just because I'm a nice person. And cause also I don't care about these motherfuckers at all. Um, okay. But you're going to be good and keep us posted on that. Keep us posted on that. Okay, this says, lost my human Zoloft, please help. Hi, Carly, first of all, I love you and your kitties. You basically raised me on Girl Code, so thank you for that. Oh, okay, thank you so much, I appreciate it. The subject is a bit alarming, I know, but I'm gonna try and explain the situation, but the Spark, Spark Notes version. So me and this guy, oh, okay, hold on, I'm skipping this part. Um, we met at high school and we always kind of had a thing for each other, but I recently had an emotionally abusive boyfriend and he had a girlfriend. Fast forward to quarantine, we started talking and whatever led us to dating. And it was pure bliss because he really showed me what it was like to be loved by somebody and really changed my life for the better. Fast forward again, I'm 19. Girl, you're 19? Good for you. I'm 19 and it's my freshman year of college and he's 20 at school three hours away and we tried to make it work. Long story short, I freaked out about thinking about... um, hold on about thinking about being with one person for four years of college. And I fucked up and I kissed two guys. Okay. Um, he ended up finding out and choosing to work on things with me, but it was a never ending cycle of trust issues, fights, him reading my text, the whole nine yards. I tried really hard to rebuild his trust for me, but he viewed every guy in my life as a threat. Well, we broke up yesterday. I know it's for the best, but, but he truly understood me at a level that no one else does. I have severe anxiety and he was the only person that can make me feel better despite being on Zoloft and having a therapist, hence him being my human Zoloft. I know I'm so young, but I'm genuinely terrified to face life without him. He's my best friend and I don't know how to not talk to him every day. I don't think I handled his trust issues well because of my experience and my extremely insecure ex. I was more defensive than understanding. I'm blocked on everything because I told him I faked every orgasm. Okay, girl. So, so uh, you know what? We're going to, we're going to finish it and then we're going to talk about it. Um, I'm so sorry. This is a fucking novel, but my question is if he ends up wanting to get back together with me or considering it, what do I do? My instinct will be that I can't tell if that's because I'm too anxious to be without him or because I'm genuinely ready to be in a committed relationship with him. He's truly an amazing person and I wish I could hate him, but I can't. I used to listen to your podcast on the car on the way to visit him and think about how grateful I was to have him. And I never thought that I'd be writing an advice for him, but here we are. Thank you for listening. Any insight is deeply appreciated. Love you, kiss right on the lips. Okay. Okay. So the way I'm reading this is... You don't want to be in a relationship with him, but you want him to be your friend, right? Because you love him and you guys have this great connection. Um, I've been in your shoes and I've been in his shoes before. So in your shoes, you're like, you're such a good person. Sometimes it really, really, I mean, it always sucks to hurt someone or break up with somebody. Um, but sometimes it hurts more than others because you're like, wow, you're just a wonderful person that loves me. And that is literally the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life. Okay because I'm 19 years old and I'm just like trying to have, I'm trying to have a hot girl summer at this point. So I get it. I get it. Um, when I was younger, I dated a guy who was so wonderful and I was like about your age and I dated a guy that was so wonderful and such a sweetie. And he was just a simple man. He was a simple guy. He was my age. Um, we got along really well. We were super silly together and I was just too young and I needed to, to just be free. 
I just needed to be free. And I remember breaking up with him and I remember him, you know, it was like devastating for the both of us. Um, but it's, I remember feeling like, Oh, I lost a friend in this. And, and that's what happens. You don't get to have all of the things because I've also been on his side of things where a guy has broken up with me or, you know, we don't, you know, I don't think this is a good idea anymore. This isn't working out anymore, but I still want to be friends with you because you know me better than anyone else or because I trust you more than anybody else. And I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't have put your pee pee in somebody else's vagina. You know and I'm saying? Like at that point, you don't get to be friends with me at that point. So you have to understand his perspective too. You know, it's not all about what you need from him. Um, because he doesn't owe you that he doesn't owe you that anymore. Um, if he was your boyfriend, then yes. But to me, you know, the thing with relationships is sometimes after you break up and everybody has time to heal and move on, and there's no kind of ambiguous space of, is there a possibility that this person still loves me and they want to get back together and all that stuff. It just makes things way more confusing. I always say like after a breakup, um, Everybody needs their time to move on and heal and grow. And then after that, you guys could be friends again, I think. Um, you know, if the chips fall in the right spot. But that's what's happened to me, you know, in, in my past relationships. Because you don't want to never talk to somebody again if they meant a lot to you in your life. I think it's nice to keep those friendships, you know, and, and those relationships alive in some way because they do know you better than, than most people, but you got to still have time to uh, heal and grow and, and move on. And you have to give him that, you know, it's not about what you want right now. Cause he's also really heartbroken, I'm sure. And he was gracious enough to, um, you know, accept that you kissed two guys. I was not Can I just, can I just say something at no point in the email? Did I know what the question was going to be? Because you said like, I kissed, I I'm in love with this guy. Like it was bliss. And then I kissed two guys. And then I told him that I faked every orgasm and I, and what do I do if he wants to get back together with me? And it was very confusing. Like I was not expecting that to be the question. I thought it was like, how do I prove to him that, you know, all of this stuff. And you said, well, what if he wants to get back together with me? I, I, I don't know, but I think you got to give it time, girl. Okay. This one says, should I just say fuck it at this point? I don't know the question, but I'm pretty sure the answer is going to be yes, but we'll see. Uh, Hi, Carly. First, to my embarrassment, I recently discovered the podcast. What is going on in the universe that is making you all discover Secret Keepers Gosh Darn Club? So I've been binging and the fact that you record the show alone yet consistently crack yourself up makes me smile because very similarly, I'm my own best friend and I'm very hilarious. So it's nice to know that I'm not alone in that. Also, I follow you on IG and I would say I would kill to own even half of your wardrobe. I'm only pretty serious, but your style is a whole vibe and it should be acknowledged regularly. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, and, and my back does hurt for carrying the entire fashion industry on it. My back does hurt from that. I have some pulled muscles back there and, and a few vertebra are out of, out of whack. So she says, okay, so why I'm writing in, I'm 28 years old and long story short, I've never had sex or been in a long-term relationship. On the rare occasion I tell someone, they always say, oh, but you're so pretty. And in my head, I want to respond, I know, I'm a bad bitch. I have attached a picture for proof, LOL. <laughs> Girl, I trust you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> but I don't um 
but don't. And instead explain things that I grew up in a conservative Christian household. So I didn't date in high school. I was depressed in college and not in the right headspace too. And at this point, I'm embarrassed to tell any possible man that I'm inexperienced. So I usually break things off before we ever get to the point of having sex. I have three sisters, two older and one younger, who all tell me that it's no big deal and the right guy will come along. And although I believe them to an extent, it's also difficult because they were able to shake the religious upbringing before and put themselves out there in dates so they don't have to be a quote unquote virgin. I've always hated that word and still do hanging over them. I'm at the point where I want to just find a guy, fuck him and not tell him anything and just get it over with. But if I'm going to be honest, I'm really scared at being overwhelmed and doing something in the moment that'll freak the guy out or, and further embarrass myself. If you have any advice um, as to what I should do, that would be lovely. Okay. First of all, there is no shame in being a virgin. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I think this is awesome. And, and instead of looking at this as like a negative thing that people aren't going to accept about you, look at it as a really rare and positive and wonderful thing. Okay. I, I, I mean, you could do whatever you want to do in terms of like who you decide to sleep with for the first time. But if it were me, I would want it to be somebody that I trust you, you. It has to be somebody that you trust. I don't think that it should be a random guy because, you know, it's, it's an important things. It's a special thing. And you don't want to feel like, Oh, I, ha I was a virgin for so long. And I just gave it away to this guy who literally washes his balls with, you know, with hand sanitizer. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And, and he just might sister. But I think that here, I think that when you um, go out with somebody and you feel comfortable with them and you feel like this might be your person that you want to, you know, sleep with, you could just say like, listen, I've never done this before. And when I fucking tell you, and that's what every guy probably wants to hear. Cause they're all mad that we, that we're not virgins right? He's going to be so damn excited, girl. And at least then you won't have to worry about being embarrassed. It's already, it's already stressful enough. You won't have to worry about being embarrassed or you could, you can have this kind of open like discussion about it. He knows what's going on. You know, what's going on. I think that that's the way to go. I'm not saying that you should save it for marriage or whatever. Um, but go out when you really like a guy, go out. And before you tell him, you have a little, I know you're a Christian. You have, you know, a couple sips of the blood of Christ. You have some vino. Okay. God bless. And you tell him, Hey, I'm a virgin. And he's going to go, I'm sorry. You're a what? I'm a virgin. Okay. That's amazing. And it has nothing to do with the way you look. Also, you guys, like she's gorgeous. Like FYI, she did attach a picture and it's, and she's gorgeous. And I'm not saying that. And I wouldn't say that if it was not a hundred percent true and valid. So you're a real catch girl. And like I said, none of these things are bad. None of these things are bad. I tell every guy on a first date that I'm a virgin, you know, because they, they need to know, they need to know. You have nothing to worry about. If anything, this is a, uh, you know, this is an exciting time. Oh my God, this will be great. And I know that it's like hard to meet people, go out and meet people. You can go online, you can, you know, get set up. And then, and then the, you're going to be having lots of fun. You're going to be having lots of fun. But I would just feel like nervous um, 
you know, I don't want you to feel like you have to do it just to get it over with. And then you're like, I, you, I don't want you to feel like used in a way, cause that's not a good feeling. And I wouldn't want that to be associated with, with anyone losing their virginity. Okay. So let's do this next one. This one says non-consensually single for the summer. Okay. Let's see. OG listener in the club, kiss you right on the lips. Cause apparently I am stingy for the summer, but not by choice. I'm about thir- I'm about to turn 30 and I just got dumped by the guy who's 31 that I thought I would be with for life. We bought a house together a year ago, so I obviously thought things were solid at the time. We have been dating for about two years, and in that time I sold my house, changed jobs, and moved across the country for him to a city where I have no loved ones but now have some new friends. Things started to dissolve shortly after we signed the paperwork. I began to nag about things being perfect around the house, and the honeymoon of him being home constantly from COVID began to wear off as the existential dread of tying ourselves to one another with a 30-year mortgage began to set in. There was a lot of financial pressure coupled with our full-time teaching jobs and his part-time law school classes. I felt myself falling out of love with him and it showed in my daily actions and the ways that I treated him. I know he felt it too and that was when he started to fall out of love with me. I felt like we were in a cycle of falling in and out of love and trying to make things worse, trying to make things work. Also, sometimes I feel like I started fights out of boredom. We began half-hearted attempt at therapy a few months ago. Our sex life went from explorative nightly fun three years ago to me begging for chore sex once per week and him feeling emasculated and disinterested in sex completely. Babbing did not work on him at all. A couple weeks ago, I knew he didn't love me and I came to the conclusion that I didn't feel loved when we went away with some of our friends for 4th of July weekend. Um, wait a minute. What? Oh. That if I didn't feel loved, oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry, I I missed the most important word in that sentence. So she said, a couple weeks ago, I knew he didn't love me. And I came to the conclusion that if I didn't feel loved when we went away with some friends for 4th of July weekend, that I was going to end things. Cut to this weekend and the love is not there. We're finding things to fight about every step of the way in front of people, no less. And he left me alone with his friends while downplaying my feelings about the situation. I confronted him tonight and he said, I don't love you anymore. I haven't loved you for a long time. Oh, It sucked the air out of my lungs and I felt like somebody punched a hole through my stomach and then it made me want nothing more than to fix things and try harder even though I was planning on ending things. Now I want what I can't have in addition to wanting the comfort of not having to uproot my entire life again. I do think I took him for granted and I didn't try to show him love enough or work hard enough on myself. I'm just wondering if you can pick apart these feelings of failure, inadequacy, wanting what I can't have and starting over at 30. Why are men and why do I just like this one so much? Um, okay. And then she gives some fuck my kills. We're going to get into those in a minute. So just reading this, the first thing I'm noticing is that you have so much self-awareness, like the way that you came out and were just, and you were just like, I wasn't treating him right. I wanted things to be perfect in the house. And I felt like I was nagging and I felt like this, this, and that, like you are so, uh, you're being so real right now, which is wonderful. Um, because that takes a lot. And a lot of us do these things, you know, picking fights and wanting things to be perfect and all of this stuff. And just kind of like when things are on their way out in a relationship, that's what happens. Little things that wouldn't normally bother you end up being like a blow up. And that goes on both ends. 
And then everyone, you know, you start kind of picking at each other and then everyone just ends up resenting each other. Right. And I think that when you're angry at somebody, it's easy to say like, I don't love you. I think he loves you. I think he loves you. Um, because he, he was just letting his anger kind of speak for him. So I don't, you know, he may not be like Gaga the way that he was in the beginning of the relationship, just like you're not anymore, but he definitely loves you. And he probably just said that because he was pissed off and, and it's time and it's time. It feels like it's time girl. And it sucks. I know. And I know that it's especially difficult when you were with somebody that you, um, you know, wanted to spend the rest of your life with. You thought you were going to marry this guy. You guys, you guys bought a freaking house, you know? Um, but this is the, these are the weird ways that life takes us. And it's just kind of like, oh my God, you know, the thing about this whole thing is that you did move across the country and like start a whole new life for him which is so hard because now it's like, do you move home? Like, what are you going to do? I'm very curious about that. But I don't think that you should try. I think that the reason that you're like, oh, maybe we can actually get back together and maybe we can make this work. I think that's because he said to you, like, I don't love you. And we all have this thing inside of us. that's like, well, if you don't love me, I'm going to make you, you know, I will waste 10 years on that. Um, but you, you fell out of love with him too. And this is something that you kind of already knew. Um, but hearing somebody say that, Oh God, that happened to me once. And I was just like, no, um, no, you're not allowed to say that to me. Even if you feel that way, Hey, how about keep it to yourself? Because I want to drink poison like Juliet. Okay. I want to drink poison. But yeah, no, that, that's, that's heartbreaking. Just hearing those words. And it's just kind of like, yeah, no, I already know. You didn't have to say it. You know, Bill or Brian, whatever the hell his name is. It feels like a Brian. I don't know. This story smells like a Brian. Okay. But I think that it's great that you have kind of known this for a while and you did put effort into it. But sometimes with things like this, I look at it as like your gut was doing it for you. Like you, you knew it wasn't right. You knew that it was like, this was not a match. This was not a forever thing. And your gut was like making these decisions for you, whether it was like kind of being snippy or all of these, all of these things that you feel, um, how you were getting frustrated with him. I feel like girl, this will all make sense later on. I know that it sucks right now. And I'm really sorry that you're going through it. It's terrible, but you don't want to be with somebody that you're fighting with all the time. Like, that's why I, that's why I had, um, you know, broken up with my ex. I'm like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I'm fine. I'm fine alone. I like being alone. Like I like just hanging out or going out with my friends or whatever. I don't need to be in a relationship where I'm constantly fighting. That's a nightmare to me. Um, but it was very similar to the situation that you're having where it was like, we would fight about a plate. It's like, motherfucker, we fought about soy sauce. You know what I'm saying? We literally, I remember vividly, we had a fight about soy sauce and I was like, this is the end. Because when you start fighting about condiments and sauces, it's, it's an emergency. Um, it's the end of the damn relationship because people who are really in it, they, you know, they laugh about soy sauce. They don't fight about soy sauce and plates, but we did. And that was when I knew. You know, things like this, when they happen, you just know. So we're going to do a, we're going to do the fuck, Mary kills. Okay, here we go. So this one is, 
Wow. Okay. So she gave two options. I'm going to do this one. This one is, um, bungee jumping, skydiving, and parasailing. Just so you know, these are three things I would never do. <laughs> um, wow. So I guess I would marry parasailing because it seems the least dangerous, even though it is horrifically terrifying for me to think about. I think that I would probably be doing that. I would be doing that. Um, and then Jesus Christ is, isn't bungee jumping. They hang you by your fucking ankles off a mountain. Who does these things? I mean, literally who does what, what, what type of freaks are you? You're out here jumping off a mountain upside down. Okay. So what if you bonk your gosh darn head on the side of a mountain, then what you die? Of course you do. And how did they even get your ass up there? Hell no. I, you will never you will never see me doing daredevil type things, okay? Because I get hurt walking down the street and I get hurt, I got, I literally pulled my back out last year sitting down and I had to do a, a, a Zoom call with, a, with an emergency room doctor. And she was like, you, you were just sitting? And I was like, yes, and I can't move now. So if you think for three seconds that I would survive bungee jumping, uh, you're insane. Okay. And skydiving too. You're a psycho. I feel like skydiving is more common than bungee jumping. Like skydiving. I know a bunch of people have gone skydiving. You know, you go up on the plane and then the guy pushes you out, which is horrific. Don't touch me. Um, and I'm all set. I'm just all set. Like I'll do, I'll go on a roller coaster, but that's just about it. I, I did jump off, uh, when I was in, uh, Tulum last time I jumped off of like uh some type of a cliff that was over a body of water and the way that my death and demise had had run through my brain about 187 times before I actually took the plunge and and the way that there were there were tourists behind me that were like can you please fucking go and they just jumped right on in I had to move out of the way like I like they 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 literally jumped and didn't even think about it and I was standing over the cliff like wow this is really going to be the last sight I see let me just soak this in because I'm about to fucking die. And then I jumped in and it was fine. And I lifted my head above water and I had so many boogers. And I was like, well, this is just as bad. But anywho, yeah, no, I, I guess I, I, I have to kill bungee jumping. I have to kill bungee jumping because I mean, you're a psycho at that point. Skydiving. I guess I would fuck skydiving. I guess it's exhilarating. I would be able to see the earth from a different point of view, which would be really nice. Um, because you know, I love that. I know, you know, I love shit like that. So I would probably fuck skydiving. I would kill bungee jumping and I would definitely marry parasailing because at least like you're by the beach. It's a beautiful day. You're going up and down in the freaking isn't parasailing. Like you're pretty much, you're a kite. Um, you're pretty much flying on a kite that a, that a boat is trekking beyond, you know, behind it, which is pretty cool. So I would do that. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode again. Thank you that we were a day late and a minute and a minute short. Hope you all have a great week and I will see you next week again, head over to the Patreon. Um, we got new episodes during the week and I'm, uh, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about when you get over there, but yeah. I love you guys and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.